wonderful friends, welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary. I'm minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church. Uh, right here in the beautiful, the fantastic, isn't the weather wonderful out there today, city of Adelaide. Uh, and I'm also your Drive Time host every Tuesday and Wednesday. It is a real privilege uh, to be able to share uh, with you. Uh, now, folks, this week, uh, you've joined us on a really special week. Uh, we're following a theme this week that is so relevant uh, to uh, to uh, to Australians uh, across the nation. We're calling it uh, biblical parenting in a post-Christian world. Um, Christian ethics. Um, are no longer what they uh, what they once uh, once were. Uh, people have moved a long way uh, from uh, anything that resembles uh, Christian Christian belief. How does a person become involved in biblical parenting in the environment that we're living in today? Uh, and today we're actually asking a really significant question: How can I build resilience? In children. Now, that question is so important. To put it another way, if you like, how can I develop the ability to bounce back after difficult situations that my children might encounter? Now, in, with me in the studio today is my co-host and uh, today uh, our regular uh, Wednesday co-host, Pastor David Butcher. He can't be with us today. He's got uh, meetings over in uh, over in Melbourne. Uh, so we've got a, a better host today and that's uh, that's fantastic. We've got uh, our co-host today is uh, Chrissy Hopkins. Now, by profession, Chrissy is a professional secondary educator, uh, but more recently she's been splitting her time between teaching and ministry at the Para Vista Church. Now, that means that she's working really closely to our Monday host, Pastor Will Mawala. Now, welcome to you, Chrissy. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be here. It is fantastic to have you in the studio. I've been wanting to get you in the studio for quite some time, but all those blokes uh, keep uh, uh, keep coming in day after day after day, and I've been wanting to get genuine quality in here for, for some time. <laughs> Tell me, what is, what is it like working with Pastor Will? Oh, it's great. Um, we actually knew each other back in the day. We met at a youth conference and we actually studied at Avondale College together. So when I found out that, um, I was going to be working there with him at Paravista, I was pretty excited because, you know, we already knew each other. So it was great to, to kick off ministry in that. Oh, uh, yeah. Look, it's always fantastic to be able to work with somebody that you do mm. actually, do yeah. actually know. Look, uh, tell me something. What is, I mean, you're a professional educator. You've, you've, you've been trained in, in education. You've been teaching for, uh, for many years. And then this year, you did a little bit of a switcheroo, um, over to, uh, mm-hmm. uh, well, you're still doing some teaching, yeah. but you're also doing about half time, I understand, at Paravista mm-hmm. with Pastor Will. Now, how, what's the essence of your role? Um, well, I guess it's just to, to, uh, yeah look after the the people of the church and also to make contacts with those that are seeking God and um yeah it's just been a lot of fun doing bible studies uh you know but going to the getting up to the challenge of preaching uh often and um just being in charge of the youth ministries there at the church 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, look, I, I can fully believe it. I mean, to me, uh, you know, I mean, certainly ministry gives a lot of flexibility, mm. the, the mm-hmm. flexibility that you actually don't uh, often have within mm. the classroom type environment. But I mean, in fact, how would you compare it mm. with the formality of the classroom? Oh, it's totally different. I mean, to be honest, um, you know, as a, as a teacher, you're, you, you want to do great things for your students, but there's an expectation. Uh, students that, and kids these days, they have this expectation of what should be theirs. And if you do something special for them, it's like they're entitled to that. So it's been real, a real blessing just being able to do things for people in the community and, um, yeah, just then being surprised that you're doing things for them. And so I've just found that really fun, um, having that aspect. Yeah, no, the thankfulness that actually mm. can, can come back from, uh, from people because I'm, I'm really uh, conscious that, uh, uh, one of the things I really appreciate in ministry is being able to, uh, minister across the age spectrum. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I love, uh, being able to talk to young people, but then, uh, you know, some of the, some of the seniors as mm. well, I'm just so conscious of how thankful that they are, yeah. uh, when somebody, uh, is, is able to become involved mm. in, uh, in their life. You yeah. know, it's a, uh, I, I love the variety. That's actually in in ministry, mm. but look, Chrissy, let's come to our World Watch uh, segment, and of course, this is a segment that we have every uh, every day, mm. where we just simply uh, look at uh, some of the big things that are happening in our world. We simply simply talk about them. Now, um, today on uh, one of the websites I do actually uh, watch, uh, this article came up, and it's it concerns. Youth ministry, and I know this is an area that you're passionate about, yeah. so I thought I'd actually just throw a few questions at you. But this is what the article said. Well, firstly, it was reporting on uh, over 7,000 make decisions to follow Christ mm-hmm. at a Youth for Christ event. Now, this, of course, is uh, is not part of the, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, but um, I was really interested uh, with some of the comments that were actually made in this particular article. This is what it said. The Christian organization Youth for Christ saw more than 7,000 children and teenagers surrender their lives to Jesus Christ this year, which is twice the total amount from last year. It is clear that God's Spirit is moving through leaders everywhere across the nation and that the gospel is as needed and as effective as ever, especially as the unfailing love of Christ meets today's changing youth landscape, he added. He then went on to cite the U.S. Surgeon General's recent declaration that youth mental health is in a state of emergency. Uh, 20 years ago, the biggest issue for teens was drunk driving or teen pregnancy. These days, those kinds of issues have dropped dramatically and youth mental health needs are rising rapidly, he noticed. According to the Christian Post, Bland went on to share that several alarming statistics, including, and this is one that really jumped out at me, that one third of people have no trusted adult in their lives. Mm. The reality is that our kids in this nation are at a vulnerable tipping point. During the interview with the Christian Post, Bland asserted that today's youth desperately need hope that can only be found 
in Jesus Christ. Today's teens are facing crises like never before, but it's often to the darkness, it's often in the darkness that light shines the brightest, he told the outlet. To enter into a disciple-making relationship where you're introducing a kid to unconditional love that maybe they've never even considered before, showing them the goodness and love modeled for Jesus. There's so much in that, he, he added. Now, there's so much in this article, uh, Chrissy, that I, I really uh, jumped out at me. And, you know, I mean, you've, you're a professional educator. You've worked for years in the classroom. But how, how would you respond to this comment that, um, you know, you, mental health issues are becoming more of an issue? Mm, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's not just uh, Christian uh, statistics are showing this, but it's it's a world worldwide thing that we're seeing more and more young people are just struggling, um, and I think it's just a it's a combination of so many things, um, whether it's uh, just broken homes, um, just screens, and and what the what young people are, are watching and seeing and involved in, and yeah, it's I guess it's just a, a reminder that. Um, yeah, as as the world goes on, it is going to get a little bit, a, a lot tougher for our young people, and and the devil likes to attack them. Do, do, do you do you feel feel that screens do have are playing a part in this this whole process? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Okay. 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 Well, look. Let, let me ask you just just a slightly. Do, mm. I'm interested that the as the article went on, it talked about the issue that there are you know many young people have no trusted adult. Mm. In their lives now. Firstly, how important do you believe it is that a young person has a trusted adult or mentor in their life? Mm. Well, I think it, it's at the bare minimum just to have one trusted adult, and and to hear that most young people don't have any is really sad because we know that it, a young person to be successful, I think there's one stat that says there should be at least three to five um, mentors in someone's life. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, when you look at how Jesus modelled um, his discipleship model, he was he was a, a a mentor to his disciples. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, look, that's, uh, that's so true. You know, I'm, I, I'm just really interested that, um, I know in my own life, I, uh, I come from a, a family that was certainly today would have been called somewhat dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, the thing I, I suppose I'm thankful for is that somewhere in my life, uh, a number, a couple of Christian ministers actually came across my path. Mm-hmm. And they became amazing mentors to me. They, uh, they showed me how life could be lived. I mean, how have you found it? I mean, you've, you had mentors in your life. Yeah, definitely. And, and I was even reflecting a few weeks ago, um, just the mentor that I had when I started teaching has really helped me in my ministry as well. And, and it was, yeah, it's, it's, uh, an aha moment when you realize that someone has impacted your life significantly and, and, and built your confidence mm. and trusted you to do a job when you might not have thought that you could do it well. Yeah, and I think that's important, isn't it? You know, they, you, they've trusted you mm. to do something. Mm-hmm. I, I will remember some of the jobs that, uh, some of the things that I was asked to do by my mentors. Mm-hmm. I sort of thought, hey, hang on a moment. You know, you do understand I'm only 16 here, don't you? Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, no, you can do it. It'll be fine. You have a go at it. And, uh, you know, I, 
it wasn't the best way. It wasn't the. It probably wasn't the uh, the the very best uh, uh, or most proficient person to do the particular job. Mm. But somehow uh, those mentors uh, instilled in me something that said, "Hey." You know, you are a valuable person. Mm. Uh, and to me, I really appreciate that. But look, um, this, this same article, you know, well, I, it leads me to, I suppose, to another question. Do you think that, you know, as, as families, many families overlook young people's spiritual formation because, you know, I'm just so conscious that it's so easy to major on, you know, the, the academics, um, mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. uh, maybe, you know, the, the physical, the after school sports, mm-hmm. but then to overlook spiritual, a young person's spiritual formation. Do you, do you think we overlook that, uh, that yeah. too much? I, I mean, for sure. I think it's not just in young people, but, Generally, across the board, like individually, even adults, I think we we overlook how important spirituality is. I mean, we're all busy. We we go from one thing to the other, and often it's our time with God that goes out the window when we're stressed. And it just reminds me of um, Martin Luther, who said, "I've got a busy, busy day, so I'm going to get up earlier and I'm going to spend more time in prayer." Because of, mm. because of that. And so, yeah, I think definitely we're overlooking that for our own lives. And so, of course, it's going to infiltrate into our young people, but it's just so vital and important. And it's just good to be reminded mm. about that. So, Chrissy, do you come from a Christian family yourself? Yeah. So, yep. Yeah, so I was, um, yeah, born into a family that was Christian and I, uh, chose to be baptized when I was 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, can I just ask, what did actually bring you to that decision? Oh, I think there was a, a multiple uh, array of reasons. Um, I think my parents, uh, they always taught us and we had, you know, family um, bedtime stories and all of that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, probably their stability and their love for God was something that mm. really stood out to me and it was never really much of a question. I just was like, yeah, I love God and... Yeah, my life wasn't perfect, of course, but yeah. um, yeah, just being involved in a lot of the youth programs like Pathfinders and youth camps and um, all of that just helped. But um, it was largely the modelling of your parents. Yeah, I believe so. Hey, that's a powerful testament. That's really powerful. Mm. Uh, God, look, thank you so much for that, Chris. We really do appreciate it. Guys, look, let's come to some, uh, some music. Uh, this is a uh, vocal union. Uh, I love this, uh, this particular, uh, piece of, uh, this rendition. Uh, he looked beyond my fault. Uh, please, uh, please enjoy. song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross. 
just died for me. How marvelous the grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond my fault and saw my song of praise for it was grace that bought my liberty I do not know just why he came to love me so he looked beyond my fault and saw my need. I shall forever lift mine eyes to Calvary to view the cross where Jesus died for me. Capella, a vocal union. Uh, he looked beyond my fault. What a beautiful thought that uh, that really is. He did. How thankful I am that he looked beyond uh, my fault. Uh, what a what what thoughts there are in that song, folks. Look, uh, we do have a giveaway for you today. Now, look, our giveaway this week is the book Family First by Jim Hornberger. And now, Family First uh, talks about families in the environment in which we live. All around us, families are falling apart and no state program or any amount of money can actually save them. Today, uh, so many parents are preoccupied uh, with other concerns. 
Uh, guys, uh, this book uh, talks about how you can mentor your young people. Family First is uh, the title of this book. You'd love this particular book. Now, look, if you want your own copy of Family First, all you need to do is to text us here. Now, our studio text number is 488 80811 04888808811 and all you need to do is to uh, flick us the code and the code is SA62 now folks there's been one or two people who have actually sent us SA62 but they've put a gap between the SA and the 62 and that's that's fine for me and you and I understand what you're what you're wanting but uh, unfortunately this goes to our friend the robot our robot is called Pilgrim and uh, Pilgrim is actually quite a dumb robot. Uh, robot, he, he he simply can't understand when there's a gap between the SA and the 82. So, folks, look if you uh, would like this book, please uh, just text us. Uh, text it to our our mate uh, Pilgrim. Uh, family first, o four triple eight. 80811. The code is SA82, but no gap uh, between the SA and the, uh, and the 82. And, uh, we'll get this book to you. He'll ask you actually a few questions so that we can get this book to you in the fastest, uh, way possible. And now you are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with Pastor Gary. And today our co-host is Chrissy Hopkins. Now, by profession, uh, Chrissy's actually a professional secondary educator, uh, but more recently she's been splitting her time between uh, the classroom and ministry at the Paravista Church. She's been working under our Monday host, Pastor Will Mawala, and uh, I'm really hoping, I'm going to be talking to Will, I'm really hoping that our good mate Pastor Will is treating uh, uh, Chrissy uh, kindly. So if you're listening to us, uh, Will, uh, we're going to be uh, be watching out uh, on this one. Uh, this week we're following the theme, Biblical Parenting in a post-Christian world, and today we're asking, how can I build resilience in children? Now, Chrissy, this is a really big one, and I'm so thankful that you actually come from the, you know, from an education background because this is something that you've actually had a lot of, a uh, lot of experience in. Now, just can you define for you know, I mean, what is resilience? Why is it so important? And how can I, how can I build this core attribute in in my children, my young people? Mm. Yeah, good questions. Well, uh, resilience is the capa- capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. And I think it's just so important because all of us go through difficulties at some point in our lives. I remember my mum saying to me, if you haven't had a tough, really big tough time in your life, you are very blessed, but note that you will. And, um, yeah, it kind of made me a bit scared when I was younger. Um, and definitely the tough times have come. And, um, I, I love this quote, uh, by Jean Chatsky. Um, uh, she said, resilience isn't a single skill. It's a variety of skills and coping mechanisms to bounce back from bumps in the road as well as failures. You should focus on emphasizing the positive. In other words, what you're saying there is that we're actually all going to be knocked around. Is, yeah. do, do, do I have that right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly right, yeah. And so when I think about you know my own life, what has helped me be able to bounce back, I think the, the number one thing is um, 
being grounded in God. Um, and also, as I mentioned before, I had really amazing parents. And I think it's really important also to not compare yourself with others mm-hmm. because we're all different. Like, even though, you know, I've got great parents, like my experience is completely different to my brothers. Mm. Um, they had the same parents, but they're going to experience and go through situations completely different. And sometimes <laughs> I look at them and I'm like, I do not understand what's going through their brain and how they're dealing with that sort of thing. But I think it's important, yeah, to recognize we're all individual, we're all unique, and we all, um, yeah, go through things and react differently. Um, but definitely, um, you know, being encouraged to spend a lot of time outdoors is is important, mm-hmm. um, and socialising with friends. Um, we we were always you know encouraged to have lots of friends growing up, and I think those are some things that have helped me um, as I look back at my life. Um, what about you, Gary? If you were to look back at your life, what has helped you be more resilient? Well, I suppose, I suppose, I suppose, like you, the um, growing up in a in a family. Yes, it was a dysfunctional family, mm-hmm. but the thing I'm really conscious about is that both mum and dad did actually encourage us to have a go mm-hmm. at things that. Well, for us, might have been outside of our comfort zone. You know, yeah. I I well remember going. I mean, my uh, we'd go along to church with mum. Dad uh, Dad wasn't uh, wasn't a believer at at, at that uh, at that time. And I can well remember, you know, my uh, my mum encouraging us mm. uh, to say, "Hey, look, you know, uh, I want you uh, to be." You know, I was asked. I, I well remember to, uh, to 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 actually take a a leadership role. In the church at a at a very young age. Mm. Uh, in fact, I I didn't really think that I had the capability, and in in retrospect, I probably didn't have the ability to be mm. able to do what I was actually being asked to do. Mm. But uh, both both mum and dad and one or two others actually did have the confidence to be able to say, "Hey, uh, we think you can do it." Mm. And to me, to me, that was incredibly powerful. Yeah. And I think a, a church is a good place uh, to give kids those roles because it does. It what well, shouldn't matter if they if they fail in their eyes. Um, we obviously would probably be more forgiving and and not see it as a failure. But I think we see failure in our in our in ourselves really, and we take it out on ourselves really hard. Um, but yeah, failure is actually good for us. And it helps us to build and get more confident um, when we do succeed in things. So that's really uh, that's really a a challenging thought in the mm. world in which we're living today. Mm. Because the world that we live today, we tend to want to protect. You know, I hear mm. a great deal about you know, for example, helicopter parenting. I mean, mm. have you heard about helicopter parenting? Yeah. Oh, what is that? I guess it's um, coming to the aid of your your kids um, when the teacher. Uh, you know, there's sometimes there's definite need for that. Um, I know that for myself, my dad definitely was a bit of a helicopter parent when we, when especially my brothers, they got in trouble for a few cheeky things and he'd, yeah, yeah, yeah. he'd stand up for them. But yeah, I think it's, uh, it can be sometimes you're fighting your, your kids' battles for them, um, which it can be good. And it can be bad. Well, I, I will remember actually when I was going to uh, to, to school. Um, you know, I mean, I mean, I've got a, a daughter who's a teacher. My wife's a teacher, so I understand the education system. Yeah. You know, reasonably, reasonably well. And um, uh, I will remember if I came home from school and uh, I said. Uh, 
I got into trouble at school. And in those days, you actually got six of the best. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't do that anymore. Uh, but and certainly in my day, that's exactly what what the one thing you did not do when you got home was say, I got sent to the office today and I got the cane. You know why you wouldn't actually say that? You wouldn't say that because if you said that, uh, in all probability, uh, you'd get a uh, kick up the behind at home because, yeah. you know, uh, what there was a, uh, there was some respect for what was actually going mm-hmm. on at mm-hmm. school. There wasn't a mad rush on behalf of my parents to actually turn around and to say, hey, mm-hmm. we've got to protect our, you know, our beloved son, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and yet that it actually forced me in many ways mm-hmm. to stand on my own two feet. Yeah. Do you, do you think we've sort of moved to, I suppose, more cotton wool type type parenting today? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, so I think there's a whole mixture and there's reasons why parents are like that. Um, but, yeah, when I think about people that are like in the Bible who showed resilience, um, I think of people like uh, Joseph um, you know, he went through such a, a time um, when his brothers sold him into slavery. And it's interesting because uh, we know that he was spoiled by his dad mm. and that was that was not good for him. Yeah. And so we know that, you know, we, we try our best as, as parents to do the best for our kids and sometimes it's not good. Mm. So I'm sure Joseph didn't sit down and think, I'm going to spoil my son and it's going to turn out really bad for him he just blindly spoiled him and it actually caused the brothers to hate him and then they sold him into slavery um but i think the the key thing is joseph knew who he was in god like he was reminded of his his father's god and he decided to put his full trust in him Mm, yeah, um, that's actually a really good story that you're actually talk, mm. talking about there because, because, you know, some of our leaders, you know, hearers may not be aware that, mm. you know, Joseph, he was sold as a slave yeah. into a foreign country mm. and then he was abused in the workplace mm. by Potiphar's wife, mm. then he was falsely accused and sent into prison. Mm. You know, you sort of look at all this and you sort of say, hey, you know, how do you bounce back from all yeah. of this sort of stuff? Mm. And yet you're saying he did. Yeah. And so it just goes to show like he had the skills to to cope and to rely on God. And I think, you know, we've got lots of tips and there's lots of books and there's lots of, you know, suggestions. But what I'll, what I'll say is the best uh, thing you can do for your your children and for yourself is is to learn how to rely on God, not just by saying it, and not just like prayer is so important, but not just by praying like when you're in a tough situation, but having that that devotional time with God, reading reading His Word, and seeing these examples of people who might not have had it all together to begin with, but mm. God transformed them, and they could cope when the the going got tough. Yeah, yeah. I think of other Bible characters that that's also actually true for. In fact, to me, this is where the spiritual foundation is actually so powerful. You know, to me, I just uh, look at, you know, I think of uh, passages like First uh, John chapter 3 mm. uh, and Peter, you know, beloved now are we the sons of God. Mm. It doesn't yet appear what sons and daughters of God doesn't yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he does appear, we will be like him, yeah. for we know him as he is. You know, and 
and then Peter talks about, you know, we are we are kings and priests and heirs. You know, to me, I love that because what it's actually doing is it's bestowing on me a status. Mm. And when I actually have the status of king, heir, ambassador, priest, son of God, it means that I actually can lift up others. Mm. You know, it means that. Hey, I don't have to be constantly trying to prove mm. uh, who who I am. Yeah. Um, I think you know, scripture. I think you're so right. Scripture is so much a foundation mm. to understanding this issue of resilience. And I love that example of uh, uh, of Joseph. But what else have you got to share with us? Well, I guess if we're going to look at resilience, we want to look at the the one who showed the best resilience, and of course. That's Jesus Christ. Um, so I was just looking at uh, John chapter 13, um, and this is where Jesus knows he's about to, to be killed. He's mm-hmm. at the Passover with his disciples, and he knows uh, Judas is going to betray him, and they're at a Passover meal. So they're, it's all about, they're about to have their last meal together. And um, Jesus, uh, in their custom, it was to wash the feet when they entered the room, but mm. no one had done that. And so Jesus actually got down and he, he was the servant. He, he got down on his knees and he washed the disciples' feet. And I love, um, I love this in verse 3. It said, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going in, going to God, mm. rose from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel and began to wash the disciples' feet. And so when I think of that, it, it shows that Jesus knew who his identity was in mm. the present. So he knew where he'd come from. Yep. He knew he was where he was going, yep. and so I think for us as as humans, and this is it's so important for us to know our identity um, and how we, because that will that will infiltrate how how resilient we are. Because if we know that our our identity is in Christ, no matter what happens, all the ups and downs of life, we'll we'll be able to rely on God, and and our our kids should be able to see that through us first, mm. because they'll just. Um, See what how we cope with things, and that'll give them some tips. So, if we know where we've come from, so we need to know our story. We need to acknowledge how God has led us in the past. We mm. need to know our testimony, um, as good or or as bad as we might feel it is. It's our story, and God God can be seen in every single one of our, our lives. Um, mm. If if we we ask Him to, He'll show us. So we need to know where we've come from, and we have to. Take hold of where we're going. We hopefully we we have this understanding that this life isn't it. This this earth isn't what it's all up to. We've got heaven to look forward to. Oh, look! This gives such incredible confidence. I love what you're actually saying there because you know it. You know, if I know where I'm coming from mm. and I'm knowing where I'm going, mm. hey, it puts today mm. in context. Exactly. And to me, you know, I look at today and I turn around and I say, hey, uh, yes, I uh, I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. Today is in context. That means mm. that that issue mm-hmm. that yes, I'm getting knocked around today. And the reality is, is that all of us do get knocked around. Yeah. You know, um, if you haven't been knocked around, well, it means you haven't been down life's pathway very long. Yeah, that's exactly. the you know that's that's so and. I, I love what you're actually saying that you're giving a foundation mm. uh, to um, to resilience. I think that's very powerful. 
and and you know we're looking at it in in children and of course Jesus is Jesus um but he understood this when he was 12 years old um there's a story of when Jesus was um going to Jerusalem with his parents and when the when they'd finished their time there in Jerusalem there was a festival uh the parents are heading back home and they can't find him and after 3 days they found him in the temple and he knew he, that he who he was at that young age and mm. that's really comforting you know some people might say oh but it's Jesus he's perfect all of that but Jesus didn't have any extra powers than what we can have and he learnt it how did Jesus learn his identity he he was learnt he learnt by scripture yeah and i yeah. think that's it's something we just forget we think when you get older you want to study the bible and you make that choice when you get to a certain age but i think we can instill that love for scripture when kids are early like mm. the bible story, stories should be the first stories they, they ever hear yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I think that that's one of the, the beautiful things, you know, just sitting down and not in a complex manner, but being able to read. I mean, that story that you mentioned of, uh, of Potiphar, you know, of, of Joseph rather, and the, his interaction with Potiphar. And uh, mm-hmm. you look at that and you turn around and say, well, you know, there's some gruesome details in that. Yeah. Uh, and there are some gruesome details in it. But, you know, what it does is uh, our young people are going to see gruesome details on the media, somewhere they're going to see it. But the difference in the Bible is it actually tells you how to actually bounce back yeah. uh, from those really difficult and tough mm-hmm. uh, times. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciate what you're saying. And the Bible isn't full of like these people that had a tough time and then they bounced back and their life was perfect. Uh, there's examples where people didn't bounce back and it shows the consequences of that. Um but there's always forgiveness for those who do bounce back and rely on God. Well, you look at even at you know Job. I mean, Job is the absolute classic because mm-hmm. this man's a righteous man. He's done nothing wrong, mm-hmm. and yet what you find for a reason that he can't understand. We understand from reading the uh, the book of Job, mm-hmm. but uh, he can't understand what it is that's going on, and he loses by death mm-hmm. his entire family. Yeah. He loses uh, he, all his wealth. Uh, he loses his health. You know, and I look at people, you know, certainly in my life in ministry, I have, um, I've been called to minister to people who have certainly lost their health, mm. people who have lost, uh, their, their, uh, their finance, mm. uh, people who have, uh, lost family members. And, you know, one of the things I'm so conscious of is that people react so differently yeah. to all these different events. They knock people down and yet somehow, People who have got a biblical foundation seem to have this ability to be able to bounce back mm-hmm. even when they've been knocked down time and time again. I, I, you know, this to me, this is absolutely remarkable. But look, let's come to some, uh, some music. We'll just stop there and we'll come back to you. I really appreciate what you're saying, Chrissy. Uh, love, uh, uh, this is Fountain View Academy and, uh, orchestra and singers and they're singing, uh, Champion of Love. Uh, this is talking about, uh, uh, all that Jesus, uh, did do for us. Please enjoy, uh, Fountain View Academy Orchestra and Singers. Gentlemen, 
May I have your attention? I want to introduce to you in this corner of the good and the right stands a champion robed in white. His height exceeds the heavens. His weight outweighs the world. His reach reaches everywhere. His age is evermore. He is higher than the highest, greater than the great. No one will ever take his power away. He is mightier than the mightiest. He reigns from above. Champion of love He left his hometown To enter this arena To raise his hands in victory for me An angry crowd crucified This king who wore their crown and they gladly watch their champion going down Oh, but I will never count him out For I'm a witness of the day he rose to retain the title Champion of love He is higher than the highest Greater than the great No one will ever take his power away He is mightier than the he reigns from above He's the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion of love He is higher than the highest, greater than the great No one will ever take his power away He is mightier than the mightiest Reigns from above. He's the all-time undisputed, undefeated champion. The all-time undisputed champion. The champion. And that was the Fountain View Academy Orchestra and singers uh, singing Champion of Love. What a beautiful song that uh, that is. Love, uh, uh, I love choir music. People ask me, what sort of music do you like? Well, actually, I like church music. And uh, uh, sometimes uh, people look at me a little bit strange when I say that. But, uh, hey, uh, I, I find it is just so uplifting. Uh, don't be afraid to tell your mates that you enjoy uh, church music. Uh, it can be an incredible witness to, uh, to them. Uh, now, look, guys, we do have that giveaway book uh, for you again today. Now, remember, this book is entitled Family First by Jim uh, Hornberger. Uh, this deals with the issue of family. Uh, we want to see families built up in the world and the society in which we live. Every On every corner, the family is under attack. Uh, this, uh, this book is designed to build up a family. Now, look, if you'd like to uh, get a copy of Family First, 
first by Jim uh, Hornberger. Please, uh, all you need to do is to text us uh, our drive time text number. Now, look, uh, this text number can be used certainly to request this book, uh, or if you happen to have a, a comment or thought uh, that you'd like to add into our discussion, you can certainly text us and uh, share it with us that message as well. We'd love to be able to receive your feedback. Now, this number is o four triple eight eight o eight. 11 Why don't you program it into your, into your phone? And the code that you need for today is SA82. No gap between the SA and the 82, just SA82. And uh, that'll trigger our robot. Uh, we, uh, we call him Pilgrim, and uh, Pilgrim will get in contact with you. He'll ask you a few questions, and then uh, uh, we'll get this book to you in the fastest uh, possible way. This is a brilliant little book. You really love it. It's not a big book, just a little book, uh, but uh, we'd like to be able to give it to you as our uh, as our gift. Uh, now, welcome back. Uh, you are listening to uh, uh, Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary, and today our co-host is uh, Chrissy Hopkins, and uh, by profession. Chris, he's actually a professional secondary educator, but more recently, she's been splitting her time between the classroom and ministry at the Paravista Seventh-day Adventist Church. Now, guys, look, this is a really ripper church here in uh, in Adelaide. Uh, if you want to meet Chrissy uh, one, uh, one, one Saturday, why don't you go along? They actually worship uh, starting at 10 o'clock. This is a little bit different to most other Adventist churches, 10 till 11.30, uh, but a really uh, fantastic, uh, fantastic little, uh, uh, little well, large church there. Actually, it's on the uh, campus of uh, Prescott Primary uh, Northern. So please... Please, any time you'd like to come along, we'd love to have you. Um, that's on Nelson Road at Paravista. Now, this week we are following the theme, Biblical Parenting in a Post-Christian World. And today we're asking, how can I build resilience in children? Uh, Chrissy, I really appreciate what you're saying, and I particularly appreciate the fact that you're uh, including uh, so many of those biblical examples, because I believe they're excellent examples uh, to really help us understand exactly what we're talking about with this uh, with this subject uh, but look uh, we, we've got about 10 minutes please just bring it together for us yeah um, well I guess there's a lot of other skills we could talk about so you know how to build resilience well it's really important to build social skills in our kids um, we know with a lot of um, the distractions of of uh, media and screens and all of that sort of thing it is hard for our kids to to be a bit more social. Um, encouraging that positive thinking is really important that um, we talk positively to them and if we hear them being negative to themselves, we can pick them up on it and say, hey, you have to be your own best friend. Like, mm. Be kind to yourself mm. and, and be positive. Um, and, and that comes with self-respect and, and that self-love. Do you, um, feel, do you find that's easy to do? Because, you know, I mean, it's, we're living in an incredibly negative mm. society. I mean, how easy is it, that? It's, it's hard. And, and again, that's why it all stems back to, um, our relationship with God. Because if we're reading what God thinks and says about us, that will infiltrate into how we realize of how we should think about ourselves. And that I think is so important because, you know, it's so easy for us to be reading maybe what people are saying on social media. Mm. And social media by its very nature appears to major on the, on the negative. If you want to get read, on social media, 
you major on the on the negative mm. and of course uh, there are people who increasingly major on the social media that's what they're reading mm. uh, huge amounts of their time the negativity is actually coming through and uh, yeah. uh, of course you're getting you know abusive type uh, material on on social media as mm. well and of course this is just an increasingly uh, dropping a person's uh, self-esteem and self-worth down yeah and it's just so addictive. Social media is so addictive. So it's taking up our time. I mean, for all of us, it's it that has social media. It's it's meant to be addictive to take up our time. Um, so yeah, it's it's a tough one. Um, but we also need to to teach our our young kids to be organised because you think if a if a kid's unorganised, um, when when tough things for them are like assignments that are due and 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 difficult tasks that they have left to the last minute, you can help them get a bit more organized and get them started on task a little bit sooner because you can eliminate that extra stress. Mm, mm. Um, and just teaching kids how to be more empathetic, um, show them, you know, that in, in the bigger scheme of things, they've got it pretty good. In what, is, what is empathy? Well, it's just having that kindness and that um, compassion for other people um, maybe that are, are struggling where they're not. Um, so even in the cl- in their classroom, like um, seeing a friend that m- may not understand maths the way they do and, mm. and showing that empathy and helping them out and, you know, those sorts of things, just caring for others. And so much of this, Chrissy, is actually uh, many of these are the, if you like, the moral foundations mm. that actually come through in the Word of God, you yeah, know, I, I I really appreciate you know First Corinthians thirteen. It talks about love, what mm. love actually is, yeah. how I actually can respond uh, to others, and uh, th- these are these are aspects of spirituality and Christianity that is so often overlooked yeah. in the big wide world that we're in today. Mm. And that's why Bible study, I will say, is my number one point that we should teach our kids. So. Gary, how old were you when you learnt how to study the Bible? I I, I actually wasn't uh, wasn't I wasn't super young actually because I didn't actually grow up. Mm. You know, I had Mum certainly taking me along to church, mm. but the thing that really impressed me that I suppose taught me Bible study is uh, the way my mother. Mm. did Bible study. Now, I didn't do this myself for many years. Mm. Um, in fact, it was it's only probably after her death that I've actually realized the depth of her own Bible study. I actually mm. have got her Bible at home t- today mm. and uh, every every square millimeter is covered with her writing. Every page after page after page, she has systematically gone through and made notes in the in the Word of God. Now, that's something that I know today mm. people tend to not do all that much, but some of the things that I know that I was certainly encouraged to do by my mum and did actually do, mm. uh, and that was things like, for example, a scripture memorization. Now, mm. okay, I wasn't as good at it or didn't do as much of it as, you know, I certainly wasn't the perfect uh, young person. Uh, but um, but there are passages which I learned way back there when I was 10, 11, 12, 13, that to this day I can certainly remember and seem to flick back and encourage me mm. at appropriate times. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point, Gary, because you know if we look at the story of Moses... Um, there's a lot of evidence to show that he was actually 12 years old when he went to live with Pharaoh's uh, daughter. 
And so in that 12 years, uh, he was taught by his mother and she knew she didn't have long because he was, um, adopted by the Pharaoh's daughter. And so she would have taught, taught him as much as she could about God. And, you know, if, if she had have watched him grow up and, and when he was 40 years old, he um, killed a man, you know, she would have been heartbroken thinking, what what have I done wrong? Mm. These 12 years I've poured my life into him and he's mm. just gone and ruined everything. And, and he went off into the desert for another 40 years until mm. God called him. And who knows if she was alive when he, he came back to Egypt and became an amazing leader that led um, thousands of, of slaves out of Egypt. She might not have never have ever seen that, and yet the work that she put into her son in the younger years, teaching him about God, it paid off in the end. But this is, this is a remarkable story that yeah. you know stories that you're telling us because and they are just so relevant because you know throughout the scriptures you've got virtually no perfect people. You've got you know Moses. He was a murderer at yeah. one point in his yeah. life. You got Joseph, who was um, committed, who was sold as a slave. He was abused by his employer, mm-hmm. uh, yet he bounced back. Moses bounces back. Yeah. Uh, then you've got, you know, David. He goes and commits adultery, but he bounces back as well. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, as I look at this, I turn around and say, "Hey, the Bible isn't a, a, a book that talks about perfect people, mm-hmm. but rather uh, imperfect people." Who have been able to bounce back? Yeah, and so they they look at the the positive, and you know, going back to the story of of Joseph, he could have turned, looked at the situations he kept going in, and um, he could have just turned his back on God and said, "Lord, I've been faithful. What's going on?" But he held on, and I love mm. that because um, he looked at the positive and he thought, "How is God going to turn this bad?" situation into mm. good and we see that but in the end when he is re- reunited with his brothers and they're a bit scared because they're worried that he might you know make them pay for what they did by by putting him to by selling him into sla- slavery so what what is the role of prayer in i suppose maintaining this positive outlook that mm. you're talking about well i guess it's just lord I don't know why this is happening to me. I don't know how you're going to get me through it, but I trust. And it's just that sort of prayer, like turn this in. The devil wants to bring bring us all down. So yeah. you you have a habit of daily prayer? Definitely, yeah. Okay, so wh- when do you actually pray? Well, I try and make it my first thought in the morning. <laughs> I'm not a morning person, mm-hmm. so it's pretty easy to think of God first because I feel like if I, I hate waking up, so if God can help me wake up, He can help me with the rest of the day. So, mm-hmm. I think it's it's definitely that morning time, but just pray throughout the day, like at, at any moment, just have a little conversation in my brain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, and that you're able to, you know, casting all your cares mm-hmm. upon Him, mm-hmm. for He cares. For you, I mean, to me, as I look at the promises of Scripture, where we've got somebody bigger and stronger mm. that we're actually able to to lean on, and to me, hey, when you have got a, a big brother, if you like, constantly able to uh, you know put their arms around you, constantly able to support you, constantly able to uh, just uh, you know empathise with you, mm. um, you know, I look at this and I say, hey. 
doesn't that make it easier mm. to bounce back? Definitely. You know, from when I'm getting knocked down. You know, sometimes I sort of think our world is very much like those uh, those things that I see on television where you know they keep popping up and the people has to knock them down again. Mm-hmm. What are they those things called? Um, but they get constantly getting knocked down, and someone's got an. Uh, how often we feel mm. like like one of those uh, little um, little play things, uh, and yet uh, we've got a God who's prepared to say, "Hey, I am here to support you." And look, I'm, we, we do need to finish. Look, Chrissy, I'm just wondering, how would you like to just pray, mm. particularly for people who may be struggling today mm. with one of one of these issues? Would Would you just pray sure. that the Lord would really support them? Yeah. Dear Lord, um, we just want to thank you so much that we can look at your word and be comforted because the, the Bible is full of people that are messed up, struggling, going through certain things, and you come through for them every time. And Lord, it might feel like um, at this, this time that we're going through so much and and we don't feel like we have, an, have much uh, grit or resilience. Lord, I pray that you would help us to rely on you and to um, just... Help us to see the positive in these things. And, Lord, we know that the devil is trying to get us all down, um, but we ask that you would take what he he's meant for evil and that you would turn it for good, just like you did for the story of Joseph. And, Lord, we, we, we have many children that are struggling, and, Lord, I pray that as we rely on you, that they would see that and they would be drawn to you as well. And so help us to spend more time with you and your word, and may we... Be drawn to you in love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for that, uh, that Chrissy. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining Pastor Gary and Chrissy Hopkins on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please, please join us tomorrow when Pastor Fabiano, Pastor Hugh Heenan, will respond to the question, boundaries, are they needed, and what is reasonable? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.